and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hi, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at We Family Offices, and thanks for listening to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm going to talk with Sam Sudami, our head of global macro today. We're going to pick it up from where we last left off, and we're going to talk about whether we're still in the phases of uh, the impact of uh, higher interest rates slowing down the economy uh, and whether we'll have a hard or soft landing versus whether we're at the beginning of a new uh, economic cycle and on the other side uh, of the pain of the interest rate increases uh, that, that we've all experienced. So, Sam, welcome again. Maybe you could lay out for us a framework about how to think about whether we're still in the old phase or moving into the new phase. So, in order to put together all the pieces of the puzzle, we use an equity strategy framework, and it consists of fundamentals, valuation, sentiment, and liquidity. These are the four legs of our strategy framework. And I'll just go through this briefly. There's a lot of data that goes into it, but this is just to show you how we start thinking about the data and putting it together. When we look at fundamentals, there are really two major parts of it, earnings and the economy. So earnings is the most important component. And the reason is that stocks track earnings. And it's important to note that earnings growth has been flat for the past two years. And to no surprise, so has been the S&P 500 returns. The stock market is fairly efficient. But we recently saw that the third quarter earnings turned positive for the first time in over a year. And this is extremely important for the market because it could possibly be the start of a new earnings cycle. However, this is where a lot of the volatility could get triggered, is that the expectation is that 2024 earnings will be quite strong, coming in around 12%. So then we need to look at the economy. We need to see if economic growth can support earnings. The expectation is that the economy will slow significantly next year. This is due to the tight Federal Reserve policy. Now, whether it is a hard landing versus a soft landing is very important. A hard landing will hit earnings much harder. But either way, I'm concerned how the economy will generate double-digit growth when the economy is slowing significantly, as is inflation. So over the first half of next year, the lagged impacts of monetary policy tightening are likely to be felt more strongly. And what you're saying, Sam, is that there's a potential mismatch between the expectations of the market and sort of built-in expectations that we're going to have massive earnings growth or significant earnings growth and the reality, which is the impact of these higher rates may still not be fully felt. And it's in that disconnect between the expectation and, and potentially reality being much lower that will cause or could cause uh, some significant volatility in the equity market. So we're not out of the woods yet, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, we are not out of the woods, woods yet. But the key to understanding a hard landing versus a soft landing are looking at the cyclical areas in the economy which power that cycle. 
The first one is housing. And housing is one of the most powerful of all the economic growth engines. And that has been hit hard by mortgage rates. That is where the Fed policy tightening fed in the, the, the earliest. So in the third quarter, housing contributed positively to the economy for the first time in nearly two years. Moreover, October housing starts grew and building permits increased. This is a good sign that a major economic growth driver is starting to flicker on. The second one is cap capex. We just saw core durable orders come in. That's a proxy for capital spending. It came in flat and it had been negative for quite a while because of tighter monetary policy. And the third one is autos. This one is a little bit more difficult because the short-term numbers have been very messy due to the very recent auto strikes, but there have been very, a lot of pent-up demand from COVID. So autos, no pun intended, are expected to drive the economy forward. So what this means is that we're seeing the cylinders of economic growth are starting to flicker. However, it will take, it's likely to take hold later next year after the lagged effects of monetary policy start to wane. So, so what I hear you saying is we're in the interregnum. We're between the two regimes. It's clear we're moving out of the first regime and the bond market is the signal for that. And yet we're not quite at the new regime where we have significant economic growth driven by earnings growth. We see sheet we see green shoots in terms of potential economic growth, but we certainly expect the lagged effective rates to keep earnings, uh, maybe <clears throat> keep a lid on earnings for the time being. And that's where the disconnect between maybe the market's expectation and what will really happen uh, could lead to volatility. So the key, Sam, and, and, and this is what I want to conclude on, it seems to me that the key is for investors, okay, to, to stay invested right in in their equity allocations to not make a big bet one way or the other and to stay diversified and look for different kinds of you know earning streams from their portfolios whether it's in credit or fixed income or uh, alternatives or private markets in addition to maintaining their exposure to equities and so uh cautious but certainly maintain the exposure so, so maybe to complete the framework, and in the interest of time, I'll just do it fairly quickly. You know, th we have three more areas to look at valuation. And when we look at the S&P 500 through a broad measures, P-E ratio, equity risk premium, the S&P 500 on the surface is expensive. However, it is distorted by the Magnificent Seven, these high-flying tech stocks, which have raised the valuation of the overall market. But the rest of the 493 stocks are better valued. So overall valuation is fairly neutral. We saw fundamentals before us basically neutral. Then we look at sentiment. And investor sentiment has been extremely volatile. We saw this VIX ratio, the volatility index, fluctuate wildly. Right now it is at a very low level. But then we also need to look at consumer confidence because consumer powers a lot of the economy. And very recently, we saw that the conference board's consumer confidence indicator rose for the first time in four months. We also have, so on the whole, sentiment is fairly neutral. 
And then the last part of the strategy is liquidity. Financial conditions have been very volatile. Tighten, as we mentioned at the very beginning, tighter financial conditions as the Fed tightened policy caused a lot of the market to go down in the third quarter. But then financial conditions reversed and became looser in November, which helped the market bounce back 10%. So overall, we are concerned that the market is too optimistic on rate cuts for next year. This really depends on the pathway for inflation, as we've been talking about. If inflation comes in higher than expected, those cuts will not materialize. But if inflation starts to fall, the Fed will have room to lower rates. The market, though, believes that rates are coming down significantly. This is another one of the mismatches that we see. But on the other side, we also see cash. Cash is dry powder, and there's a lot of it on the sidelines. So overall, we see liquidity as being neutral. So when we put it all together, our indicators are flashing yellow, which is better than the broad number of red lights that we saw six months ago. So wrapping this all up, looking at the weight of data, it looks like we're at the beginning of the end of the cycle, as opposed to starting a new cycle. Now, maybe when we talk about this in six or nine months, we'll have a different story, but the path between here and there is likely to be quite volatile. And and given that path and the uncertainty and the conflicting messages, staying diversified, staying invested, and taking advantage of these higher rates on the on the short end, whether it's through T-bills or extending duration into intermediate duration, seems to to be a reasonable place to hang out while these signals work their way through and we get to the beginning of the new as opposed to uh, the beginning of the end of the old cycle. Thank you, Sam. Good to talk to you as always. Talk soon.